0: Mr. I you Ahead in المستقيم، sigh الذين غير المغضوب عليهم
1: after reciting the Tashahud, Taawwuz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Mas'id V, Fikh, Allah Ta'ala bin as Aziz stated bin Amr. that one of the companions whose accounts I will narrate today is Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayd radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu's father's name was Zaid bin Amr and his mother's name was Fatima Zayed bin Tabaja. Hazrat Said radiyallahu taala anhu belonged to the tribe of Adi bin Ka bin Lui. and the title of Hazrat Sayyid Bin Zaid radiyallahu taala anhu was Abu al al-Awr, while some have also reported it as Abu Saud. He was a tall man of a light brown complexion and a thick hair. He was the paternal cousin of Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu taala anhu. And his ancestry connects with Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala in the fourth generation through Nufail, and connects to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him in the eighth generation through Kaab bin Lui. Hazrat Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu's sister, Atika, was married to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu whilst Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala sister, Fatima, was married to Hazrat Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu.
2: And she is the same
1: sister who became a means of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu's acceptance of Islam. Hazrat Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala father, Zaid bin Amr, used to worship the one God during the period of Jahiliyyah, i.e. the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam, and he used to seek the religion of Prophet Abraham He used to say that whoever is the God of Abraham is also my God and whatever is the religion of Abraham is also my religion. Thus, people who believed in one God also existed in that period as well. Some children also ask as to which religion the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to follow and whom he used to worship to before Islam. And so the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was the greatest of all the monotheists and he also used to worship the one God. Furthermore, Zaid bin Amr used to refrain from all kinds of transgressions and evils, so much so that he even abstained from the meat slaughtered by the idolaters. On one occasion, Zaid bin Amr met the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, prior to his prophethood, and the details of that meeting are recorded in Sahih Bukhari as follows.
2: Hazrat Abdullah
1: bin Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him met Zaid bin Amr bin Nufail at the bottom of the valley of Balda, and this took place before the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him had received any divine revelation. Therefore, it means that this incident is from the time before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, claimed prophethood. As for Balda, it is the name of a valley which is located to the west of Makkah and comes on the route to Ittameem from Makkah. The narrator of this tradition further states that a meal was presented to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, but the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, refused to eat from it. And Zayd also said, but I also do not eat anything which you slaughter in the name of your idols. He further said that I eat nothing but that on which Allah's name has been mentioned at the time of slaughtering. The Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him did not eat from it due to the caution that was required regarding animals that have been slaughtered in the name of those other than Allah. And Zayd said that he also did not eat animals in which the names of those other than Allah had been mentioned. The narration then further continues that Zayd bin Amr did not approve of the animals slaughtered by the Quraysh and used to say that Allah has created the sheep and He has sent the water for it from the sky and He has grown the grass for it from the earth. And yet you slaughter it in the names of those other than Allah in other words, he used to dislike the slaughtering of animals done in the name of those other than Allah and he deemed it a great sin. When Zaid bin Amr began to abhor disbelief and polytheism, he also travelled to faraway lands in search of the truth. And with regards to his travels, it is written in another narration of Bukhari, in which Hazrat Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, The Zaid bin Amr bin Nufal went to Syria in search of which faith to follow.
2: And so there he met a Jewish religious scholar
1: and asked him about his religion. He said, It is possible I may embrace your religion, so tell me about your faith. However, the Jew replied that you should not embrace our religion as it has become corrupted, otherwise you will receive your share of Allah's wrath. Upon this, Zaid replied that I do not run except from Allah's wrath, and I could never face the wrath of Allah as I do not have the strength to bear it. Zaid then asked, can you tell me of another religion? The Jew replied, "I do not know any other religion except that one ought to be a Hanif." Zaid inquired, "What is Hanif?" He replied, "That Hanif is the religion of Abraham, who was neither a Jew nor a Christian, and he used to worship none but Allah alone."
2: Zaid then left and met a Christian religious scholar and made the same inquiry. The Christian replied that do not
1: embrace our religion for otherwise you will partake of Allah's curse. Zaid replied again that I do not run except from Allah's curse and nor do I have the strength to bear his curse and wrath.
2: Therefore will you tell me of another religion? The Christian
1: replied that I do not know of any other religion except one ought to be a Hanif. Zayd inquired, What is Hanif? And he replied that Hanif is the religion of Abraham, who was neither a Jew nor a Christian, and he used to worship none but Allah alone. When Zayd heard their opinions about the religion of Abraham, he left and upon stepping outside, he raised both his hands and supplicated, O oh Allah, I make you my witness that I follow the religion of Abraham. Zaid bin Amr met with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in his lifetime. However, he passed away prior to the advent of his prophethood. Hazrat Amir bin Rabia radiallahu ta'ala narrates that Zaid bin Amr was always in search of the correct faith. He expressed aversion to Christianity, Judaism and idolatry and would disagree with his people about this matter.
2: And he would preach
1: to them so that they would abandon idol worship and that which their forefathers worshipped.
3: Also he would not
1: eat of their slaughtered meat and on one occasion he said to him that O Amir I am at odds with my people. I follow the religion of Abraham, and I worship according to how he worshipped, i.e. Prophet Abraham. And after him, I follow the practice of Hazrat Ismail, who would pray in this very direction.
2: He then stated that, moreover,
1: I await a Prophet from among the progeny of Ismail. However, I feel that I will not live long enough to accept him, and bear testimony to the truthfulness of his Prophethood. O oh, Amir, if you live long enough to witness the error of that Prophet, then convey my greetings to him.
3: Hazrat, Hazrat Amir radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, that when the Holy
1: Prophet, peace be upon him, was commissioned by Allah the Almighty, I became a Muslim and conveyed the message of Zayd bin Amr and his greetings to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned the greetings And prayed for his forgiveness and said that I have seen him in paradise in a manner whereby he was straightening his
2: robe.
1: Zaid bin Amr was proud of the fact that he believed in one God. Hazrat Asmar bint Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates an incident from the period of Jahiliyyah i.e. the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam that I saw Zaid bin Amr bin Nufal standing with his back against the Kaaba and saying, O people of Quraysh, by Allah, none of you apart from myself is following the religion of Abraham. Furthermore, Zaid did not bury his daughters alive as was the custom of some Arab tribes at the time that they would bury their daughters alive. However, Zayd did not do such a thing. In fact, if he came to know of someone intending to kill his daughter, he would say to him that do not kill her, I will provide for her and feed her on your behalf. And so he would take her and after she had reached an age of maturity, he would say to her father that if you wish I will return her to you and if you so want I will fulfill all her other needs as well. That is, he would bear the cost of a marriage etc., as well. In another narration, Hazrat Asma bint Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates. The first narration was from Bukhari and this particular narration has been taken from a book of history, Ustul Ghabah. Hazrat Asma bint Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anha narrates, that I saw Zayd bin Amr bin Nufail standing with his back against the Kaaba, saying that, O people of Quraysh, by that being in whose hands lies Zayd's life, none of you apart from myself has entered the morning in a state that he is a follower of the religion of Abraham. He also used to say that, O Allah, only if I knew your desired way of worship so that I could worship you in that manner. However, I am unaware of it. Following this, he would prostrate into his hands. Sayyid bin Musayyib narrates that Zayd bin Amr passed away five years prior to the prophethood of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. At the time the Quraysh were building the Khana Kaaba and when he passed away he said that he was following the religion of Abraham.
3: I was initially
1: mentioning the accounts of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu and in relation to that his father's accounts have also been mentioned here. Furthermore, the status his son was given in Islam And also the accounts of his father's virtuous deeds have been preserved in history, and therefore I've mentioned those narrations related to him as well. These narrations can also be found in Bukhari as well.
2: But in any case,
1: I shall now continue to mention the accounts related to Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid Radiallahu Ta'ala anhu. On one occasion, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayd and Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu anhumah presented themselves before the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and inquired of him about Zayd bin Amr. In other words, the father of Hazrat Sayyid radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. Upon this, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him stated that may Allah forgive Zayd bin Amr and may he have mercy on him as he passed away in a state whereby he was following the religion of Abraham.
3: Following this, Whenever
1: Muslims mentioned Zaid bin Amr, they would pray to him to be shown mercy and forgiveness. In another narration, it is mentioned that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was asked about Zaid bin Amr, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that on the Day of Judgment, he will be raised equivalent to an entire nation. And as has been mentioned previously, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was the brother-in-law of Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's sister, Atika bint Tezad, was married to Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid and his wife, Hazrat Fatima bin Khattab, accepted Islam in its very beginning and they had professed their belief in Islam before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, went to Dari Arkham. And as I've mentioned previously, that Hazard Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu's wife was the reason for Hazard Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu to accept Islam. The details of this incident have already been presented during the mention of Hazard Khabab bin Arat radiallahu ta'ala anhu. However, as Hazard Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu is being mentioned here, I will briefly mention it here as well.
2: Hazard Mursha Bashirim Sahib, in the Messenger of the Prophet, Hazrat Mirza
1: Bashira Ahmed Sahib Radiyallahu Ta'ala Anhu has written in Seerat Khatim al Nabiyin that only a few days had passed after the acceptance of Hazrat Hamza Radiyallahu Ta'ala Anhu when Allah the Almighty blessed the Muslims with another instance of happiness. In other words, Hazrat Umar Radiyallahu Ta'ala Anhu, who is a staunch enemy, accepted Islam. The disposition of Hazrat Umar enclosed a kind of stiffness which was further increased by his enmity towards Islam. Therefore, prior to his acceptance of Islam, Hazrat Umar subjected poor and weak Muslims to great torture on account of their Islam. But when he was exhausted of inflicting this agony and saw no signs of their return, he thought, why not finish the founder of this very fitna? In other words, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him.
2: Upon this thought,
1: Hazrat, Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu took hold of his sword and set out in search of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. On the way, When someone noticed him walking with an unsheathed sword in his hand, he inquired, O Umar, where to? Hazrat Umar responded, that I have set off to slay Muhammad He replied, why do you not look after your own home first? Your sister and brother-in-law have accepted Islam. Hazrat Umar immediately turned and started walking towards the home of his sister Fatima. As he approached the home, he could hear the sound of the recitation of the Holy Qur'an from inside, which Khabab bin al-Arad was reciting very melodiously. When Hazrat Umar heard this voice, he was further enraged and entered the home. As soon as Khabab heard his footsteps, he hid somewhere, and Fatima i.e. his sister, also hid the various pages of the Holy Qur'an here and there. When Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu entered the house, he shouted at Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala Anha and Hazrat Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu that I heard that you have left your faith. After saying this, he then attacked his brother-in-law Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala Anha was also wounded as she moved forward in an attempt to save her husband
2: after having sustained an injury she became even more brave
1: and she said very courageously that yes Umar we have become Muslim as well so do as you wish but we shall not leave Islam when Hazrat Umar heard the courageous words of his sister he cast a glance upon her and noticed that she was covered in blood. This sight had an inexplicable impression upon the heart of Hazrat Umar and after a short silence he said to his sister that show me the word that you are reading. However, Hazrat (inaudible) (inaudible) Fatima responded that I shall not for you will destroy the pages Upon this, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu replied, certainly not, please show me, I shall indeed return them to you. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha then stated, but you are unclean and the Qur'an should be touched in a state of purity, so first bathe and then read. When Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu had taken a bath, Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha placed the pages of the Holy Qur'an before him. When Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu took hold of them, and saw that they were the opening verses of chapter Ta'a, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu began to read them with an awe-inspired heart. And every single word deeply impressed the heart of this well-natured man. And also because the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had prayed for him as well. And whilst reading these verses of the Holy Qur'an, when Hazrat Umar read Ta'ala, reached the following two verses Analahu La Ilaha illa La Ilaha
2: illa
1: Salata li Inna litujza Kulu Nafsim Bima Tasa That is, verily I am Allah, there is no God beside me, so serve me and observe prayer for my remembrance. Surely the hour is coming, I am going to manifest it, that every soul may be recompensed for its endeavor. When Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu recited this verse, it was as if his eyes were opened and his latent disposition was suddenly aroused and he powerlessly said, what a strange and holy word this is. When Hazrat Khabab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu heard these words, he immediately came out from where he was hiding from and thanked Allah the Almighty and stated,
3: that this is due
1: to the prayer of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. By God, it was only yesterday I heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, pray, that, O Allah, do bless either Umar bin al-Khattab or Umar bin Hisham or Abu Jahl with Islam.
2: And so, Hazrat
1: Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu said to Hazrat Khabab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Now tell me the way to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam at once. In the fervor of his excitement, he kept his sword unsheathed and he did not even remember to place the sword back in its cover. During this time, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah was in dar al erkam As such, Hazrat Khabab radiallahu ta'ala anhu gave him the location. Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu went there and firmly knocked on the door. When the companions peered through the crack in the door and saw Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu holding an unsheathed sword. They were reluctant in opening the door. But the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said that opened the door. Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala was also present there said, Open the door, for if he has come with pure intentions, then well and good. Otherwise, if his intentions are evil, then by Allah I shall sever his head by his own sword.
3: And so, the door
1: was opened and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu entered with an unsheathed sword in his hand. Upon seeing him, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, moved forward and taking hold of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu's mantle, he pulled it and said, O Umar, with what intention have you come? <laughs> o oh, Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded, Hazrat Umar radiya ta'ala anhu, I wish to become a Muslim. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, heard these words, in the fervor of his happiness, he said, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. And his companions called out the slogan of Allahu Akbar so loudly that it is said that the mountains of Makkah began to resonate.
3: Thus,
2: this
1: was Hazrat Sayyid, bin Zaid, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who became a means of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, accepting Islam. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, was amongst the very early muhajireen, i.e. those who migrated from Makkah to Medina. And upon reaching Medina, he stayed at the house of Hazrat Rifah bin Abdul Munzir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was the brother of Hazrat Abu Lubaba radiallahu anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood between him and Hazrat Rafi bin Malik, and according to another narration, it was established with Hazrat Ubay bin Ka'b radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid could not take part in the battle of Badr. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted him a share from the spoils of the battle. Therefore, I have also included him and all those companions as Badri companions, who either participated in the battle along with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, or upon the instruction of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, were given a share from the spoils from the Battle of Badr and thus also included amongst the Badri companions. And the reason why he did not participate in the Battle of Badr has been previously mentioned in reference to Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah However, it is important to mention it again now and also it has been two to three months since it was last yes. mentioned. But in any case, the reason why Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid did not participate in the battle of Badr is as follows. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was aware that the caravan of the Quraysh had departed from Syria, and subsequently he sent Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, and has a Sayyid bin Zad 10 days prior to his own departure in order to gather information about this caravan.
2: Both of them set off and reached
1: Hora where they stayed until the caravan passed by. Hora was a resting place situated alongside the Red Sea where caravans traveling between the Hijaz and Syria would pass by.
2: But in any case, the
1: Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came to know of the news of the caravan before Hazrat Talha ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Sayyid radiallahu ta'ala anhu had returned. In other words, the caravan had already passed by and was not coming towards them. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him did not know the exact information at the time, but nonetheless had found out that the caravan had gone. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then assembled the companions and set off in pursuit of this caravan of the
2: Quraysh.
1: However, the caravan had escaped taking another route. In other words, it quickly set off on a path along the coast.
2: The people of the caravan continuously
1: walked day and night in order to escape from those who were in search for them. That is, they took another route and therefore the two did not meet as they took a different route than the route that was generally expected, but instead they took a different route along the coast.
2: Hazrat Talha bin
1: Ubaidullah and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid set off towards Medina in order to inform the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him of this caravan. Both of these individuals were unaware that the Holy Prophet peace be upon him had already departed for the Battle of Badr. When they reached Medina on the same day the battle between the Quraysh and the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him took place in Badr. Both of them set off from Medina in order to present themselves before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and met with him at Tarban while he was returning from Badr. Tarban is a valley at a distance of 19 miles from Medina, which has an abundance of sweet water wells. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stayed there on his journey towards the Battle of Badr.
2: It should be noted here
1: that there were two different caravans, One was a trading caravan that left by taking a different route. However, this other caravan had come from Makkah with the intention of battle and it was against them that the battle took place at Badr. But in any case, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, left Makkah in pursuit of the trading caravan and to find out what their intentions were and was not aware that an actual army was also approaching. But in any case, it further states, as Hazard Talha and taala Sayyid <laughs> did not participate in the battle of Badr. However, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, granted them a share of the spoils of this battle, and thus they were also counted amongst the Badri companions.
2: <laughs> Hazrat Sayyid
1: bin Zaid was among the Ashra Mubashra, i.e. the ten fortunate companions who were given the glad tidings of Paradise, by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, during his Allah lifetime.
3: Allah.
1: Abu Bakr. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu relates that the Holy Prophet, al- Fraad, peace be upon him, mentioned al- al- the following names who al- were given al- the glad tidings of Paradise. Of Hazrat al- fuer- Abu Bakr, Hazrat Bla- <coughs> Ad- Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid, and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin Jarah radiallahu anhum. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid ta'ala anhu then narrates that I bear testimony that nine individuals are paradise bound but if I give the same testimony about the tenth it would not be a sin on my part to do so Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid ta'ala anhu was asked how exactly to which he replied that we were at the Mount of Hira with the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and it began shaking the Holy Prophet peace be upon him then said remain still O Hira for a Prophet or Siddiq, a truthful one, or a Shaheed, a martyr, stands upon you. A person then asked, Who are the ten Paradise-bound? Hazrat Sayyid رضي Allah Taala Anhu answered, The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas, and Hazrat Rahman bin Auf رضي الله They asked, Who is the tenth? And Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied, It is me. Hazrat Sayyid bin Jubair radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Vaqas, Hazrat Abdur Rahman bin Auf, and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu anhu would always be in front of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the battlefield. In other words, they would be standing guard in front of him, and during prayer they would stand behind him. Hakim bin Muhammad relates from his father that he saw Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu wearing a ring with a verse of the Holy Qur'an inscribed in it. Then during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu when the actual battle began in Syria, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu was appointed under Hazrat Abu Ubaidah as the general of some of the infantrymen. He displayed extraordinary bravery and determination during the siege of Damascus and in the decisive battle of Yarmouk. During the battle, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayd was appointed as the governor of Damascus. However, he wrote to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ta'ala anhu stating, I cannot allow for you to participate in the jihad whilst I be left deprived of it. Therefore, as soon as the letter is received, you should appoint someone else to this post so that I can join you as soon as possible. And so, with little choice, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah a- radiallahu ta'ala anhu sent Yazid bin Abi Sufyan and Hazrat as Sayyid bin Zayd, a- a- bin Zayd ta'ala anhu then returned to the battle once more. Hazrat as a- Sayyid bin Zayd a- radiallahu ta'ala anhu witnessed many revolutions and battles take place in his lifetime.
2: Also, owing to his piety and righteousness, he would never involve himself
1: in quarrels. But even then, he would not hesitate in expressing his opinion in a certain matter. After Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was martyred, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu would often say in the mosque in Kufa that it would be of no surprise if the Yahud mountain were to tremble due to what you people did. Similarly, one day whilst in the Kufa mosque, Mughira bin Shuba uttered something against the honour of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu thereupon stated, O Murida bin Shob, O Murida bin Shob, O Murida bin Shawb I heard the Holy Prophet peace be upon him say that ten people will be in paradise and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu was among them.
2: Hazrat Sayyid
1: radiallahu ta'ala anhu would often have his prayers answered. On one occasion he was accused of appropriating land, the details of which is as follows. Adjacent to the land of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was that of a lady named Arba binte Ubaes. She once complained to Marwan bin Hakam, who was the governor of Medina appointed by Amir Muawiyah, that Hazrat Sayyid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu had wrongly seized her land. Marwan appointed some people to investigate the matter and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu answered them that do you really think that I could commit such a wrongful act after hearing the Holy Prophet peace be upon him say, that he who unjustly takes control of even a hand's breadth of land will be made to wear the collar equal to the weight of seven lands around his neck on the Day of Judgment. Thereafter, he prayed, O Allah, if Arwa is lying, make it so that she loses her sight before her death and her grave lies in the well of her house.
2: Hence, it is recorded
1: that she first lost her sight, and one day she was walking and fell and died in her own well. And so, this incident formed an idiom, and the people of Medina would often say, May Allah blind you, as he blinded Arba." Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid passed away on a Friday of the year 50 Hijri or 51 Hijri at approximately the age of 70. According to some narrations, his age was above 70 at the time of his demise.
3: Uh,
1: Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu lived in Aqiq, which was in the surrounding area of Medina. In the Arab lands, Aqiq was the name of a number of valleys, among which the most important was the valley of Medina called Aqiq. This valley extended from the southwest of Medina to the northeast and in which all other valleys of Medina are found. In any case, Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala was preparing for the Friday prayer when he heard the news of the demise of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala He therefore did not proceed to the Friday prayer and immediately set towards Aqiq. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Vakas radiallahu ta'ala washed the body and had it taken on the shoulders of the people to Medina Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then led the funeral prayer and he was buried in Medina.
3: And according to
1: another account, Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was preparing for the Friday prayer when he heard the news of the demise of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid ta'ala anhu. And so he did not go for the Friday prayer and instead made his way to him and washed his body, applied perfume, and then led his funeral prayer. Hazrat Aisha bin Tezzad relates that Hazrat Saad bin Abi Bakas radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the one who washed the body of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zad and applied perfume. He then returned home and washed himself. Then as he came out of his home he said that I did not wash myself due to washing the body of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Rather I did so because of the heat. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then led the funeral prayer of Hazrat Sayyid bin Zad radiallahu ta'ala And Hazrat sa bin Abi Waqas and Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu both went down into the grave, i.e. in the burial place, to place his body. Hazrat Said bin Zaid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu in total married ten times, at different times during his life, and had ten sons and nineteen daughters from all his marriages. The next companion is Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, oh, whose account I will mention briefly for now. During the period of Jahiliyyah, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf's name was Abdi al- Amr, and according to another narration was Abdul Kaaba. After accepting Islam, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, changed his name to Abdul Rahman. He belonged to the tribe of Banu Zohra bin Karab. And Salah bin Taasim relates that he was of a fair complexion with beautiful eyes and long eyelashes. He had a long nose and his canine teeth were also long. His hair were down to his ears and he had a tall neck, strong wrists and large fingers.
2: Ibrahim bin Saad
1: Ibrahim bin Saad relates from his father that Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf was very tall and had a white complexion with a hint of red. He was extremely handsome and had soft skin and did not use any hair dye.
2: Regarding Hazrat Abdurrahman
1: bin Auf it is said that he had a limp in his leg which happened after sustaining an injury during the battle of Ahud whilst fighting in the way of truth.
2: Hazrat Hazrat Abdul
1: Rahman bin Awf was amongst those ten companions who were given the glad tidings of paradise during their lifetime. He was also amongst those six companions whom Hazrat Umar had appointed to be part of the committee to elect the next Khalifa. Regarding these individuals, Hazrat Umar stated that at the time of his demise, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was pleased with him. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf <laughs> radiallahu ta'ala anhu was born ten years after Am Field, i.e. the year of the elephant. And Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu was amongst those very few individuals who had declared alcohol unlawful for themselves even during the period of Jahiliyyah, i.e. prior to the advent of Islam. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala had accepted Islam after being preached by Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu even before the Holy Prophet peace be upon him established Dari al as the center of Islam, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu Anhu took part in both migrations to Abyssinia. Then there is a narration in Sahih Bukhari in which Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu Anhu relates, and when he arrived in Medina, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him established a bond of brotherhood between him and Saad bin Rabi radiyallahu this narration has been mentioned in reference to Saad bin Rabi as well, however I shall mention it again. After establishing a bond of brotherhood between them, says Saad bin Rabi stated, and I am the wealthiest amongst the Ansar, therefore I shall give you half of my wealth, and whichever of my two wives you like, I will separate from her for you. And once her iddat, a fixed period of time before a woman can remarry, has passed, you can marry her. Hazrat, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu replied to Hazrat Saad bin Rabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu that may the Allah the Almighty bless his family and wealth. But he did not require anything and all he needed to know was whether there was a marketplace where people could trade. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu informed him that there was a marketplace of the Banu Kanka. Subsequently, early next morning, Hazrat Abdurrahman radiallahu ta'ala anhu went there and carried out some trade and acquired some cheese and clarified butter as profit. He then returned to Hazrat Sad bin Rabi's house. Similarly, he went to the marketplace every morning and made profit from his trade. Not long had passed that once Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin the radiallahu ta'ala came before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and had a mark of saffron on him and so the Holy Prophet peace be upon him asked if he had married and he replied in the affirmative the Holy Prophet peace be upon him inquired who he got married to and he replied that it was with a woman belonging to the Ansar the Holy Prophet peace be upon him then asked how much dowry he gave and he stated that he gave gold the size of a nugget or he perhaps said a nugget of gold Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that he should hold a velima, i.e. a ceremony, after the consummation of marriage, even if it be by offering a single sheep. Hazrat Abdul (inaudible) Rahman (inaudible) bin (inaudible) Awf radiyallahu ta'ala relates that he experienced a time whereby even if he picked up a stone, he would expect to find gold or silver underneath it. In other words, Allah the Almighty had blessed His trade with so many blessings. Hazrat Abdur Rahman bin Auf radiallahu <inaudible> ta'ala participated in all the battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, including the Battle of Badr and Uhud. Relating an account from the Battle of Badr, Hazrat Abdur Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala relates, I was standing in the rows for battle on the day of Badr when I looked to my right and left and saw two Ansari youths standing on either side of me who were very young in age. At that moment, I wished that I was in between two people who were more mature and stronger. One of the youths nudged my hand and asked, O my uncle, do you recognize Abu Jahl? To which I said, O my nephew, why is it that you ask? The young boy replied, I heard that he would use foul language for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. I swear by the one in whose hands is my life. If I see him, I will not let him out of my sight until the one who's destined to die from among us perishes. Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf states that I was astonished by this reply. Then the other boy also tapped my hand and made the same inquiry. A short while passed when I saw Abu Jahl walking between the ranks, and I said to the two young boys that there was the one about whom they inquired. Immediately the two youths drew their swords, and cutting the ranks, pounced on Abu Jahl and killed him. They then returned to inform the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, of the news, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then asked which one of them killed him. They both laid claim to the kill. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then asked whether they had wiped their swords after they had killed him. They replied in the negative. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then inspected their swords and said that both of them had in fact killed him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said that the spoils of war would be given to Muaz bin Amr bin Jamil. Both youth had the same name. One was Muaz bin Afra, and the other was Muaz bin Amr bin Jamu This narration is from Bukhari. I have previously presented the clarification in relation to Abu Jahl's killing, but will mention it once again. According to some narrations, the two sons of Afra, i.e. Muavviz and Muaz severely wounded Abu Jahl to the extent that he was on the brink of death. And afterwards, Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu severed his head. Imam Ibn Hajar has also stated the possibility that after Muaz bin Amr and Muaz bin Afra attacked Abu Jahl, Muawiz bin Afra may have also attacked him as well. This has been mentioned in the commentary of Bukhari, Fathul Bari. Whilst mentioning this same account, Hazrat, Hazrat Muslim Maud has explained it in the following manner. He writes, Whilst Abu Jahl, who was the leader of the whole of Mecca and the commander of the Meccan army, was arranging the rows for his army for battle, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf An experienced general states that he looked to his right and to his left to see what kind of support he had. He found to his amazement that he had only two young boys from the Ansar on his flanks who were around the age of 15 or 16. And so his heart sank and he said to himself, today I will not be able to carry out what my heart yearns for because unfortunately I have two inexperienced youths on either side of me. Moreover, they belong to the Ansar and thus are completely inexperienced in the art of war. Hazrat <laughs> Muslim, Mawda further relates, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, had hardly finished saying this to himself when one of the boys touched his side with his elbow. Assuming that he wanted to say something to him, he turned towards him and he said, O oh my uncle, can you crouch a little more, for I wish to say something in your air, lest my companion hears me. Hazrat <laughs> Abdul Rahman bin Auf states that as he bent down to hear him, he said, Which one is Abu Jahal, who used to harass and torment the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? Uncle, I wish to fight him. Tell me where he is. As Abdu'l-Rahman bin had not yet replied to this youth's inquiry when his attention was similarly drawn by the boy on the other side, who tapped his elbow and asked him the same question, that, O uncle, which one is Abu Jahal, who used to harass and torment the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? For I wish to kill him today. Hazrat Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu states that despite being a seasoned soldier, he did not think that even he would be able to kill Abu Jahl, who was not only the commander of the enemy, but was surrounded by such experienced and skilled soldiers. Hazrat Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu raised his finger to point at Abu Jahl for both profess- of them and said, There is Abu Jahl who is armed to the teeth and standing behind the lines protected by those strong and fearless generals with drawn swords.
3: By this, Hazrat
1: Abdul Rahman bin (inaudible) Auf radiyallahu ta'ala that to do such a thing was impossible for such inexperienced youths like them.
3: However, he states that he
1: had not even dropped his finger when the two boys dashed into the enemy ranks like an eagle catches its prey, making straight for their chosen target, Abu Jahl.
2: Ikrma, the son of Abu Jahl was standing in front of him who was also
1: a very experienced and fearless general however the two Ansari youth went so suddenly that no one could even react quick enough to find out why they were advancing ahead and quickly reached the guards in order to attack Abu Jahl Taala Anhu further states that their attack was so swift and sudden that the soldiers stood at guard could not even bring down their unsheathed swords except for one and he cut the arm off of one of the Ansari boys. However, those who are ready and willing to sacrifice their life, what can a severed arm do to stop them? The two youths pounced with such force upon those stood at guard just like a rock falls from a mountain and ultimately attacked Abu Jahl, killing the commander of the enemy even before the battle had
3: commenced. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Hazrat, Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood <laughs> radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that towards the end of the battle he arrived at the location where Abu Jahl was on the floor and breathing his last. Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood ta'ala anhu, inquired his condition and Abu Jahl responded that I am dying but in a state of anguish. Death is not a significant thing but the most regretful thing is that before I could even fulfill what my heart desired I was attacked by two youths of the Ansar. The people of Makkah would consider the Ansars to be very lowly people, hence he was dying in a state of anguish for he had been slain by two youths of the Ansar. He then said to Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, that I am in extreme pain, so do me a favor and sever my head with one single blow of your sword, but ensure that you cut my head from the lower part of the neck because the neck cut in this manner is the sign of a slain general. Although Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood accepted this request of his to kill him and cut short his pain, but he severed his head in a way that it was closer to his chin. In other words, even at the time of his death, this desire of his went unfulfilled. In other words, to have his head severed in a manner where his neck would remain long. Hazrat Musleh has related this account in regards to the subject of sacrifice in that even the children were filled with such deep love and affection for the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and how they sought to take revenge against those who opposed the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. This account has been related a few times before as well but in any case such was their level of sacrifice and love and affection for the Holy Prophet peace be upon him that they did not even have any concern for their own lives. I will, inshallah, continue to relate the accounts of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu in the future sermon. Bin
2: jo hai, inshallah,
0: Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Alhamdulillah, <laughs> الحمد لله and we pray ونؤمن به pray عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا من يعضي inna- nice> um الله فلا نضل له ومن يضله فلا هاضي له ونشهد أن الله إله إلا الله ونشهد أنه محمدا نبدو رسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والمسانة القربى عن Widow, who is still in